0: Welcome to the planet.
1: Welcome to existence.
0: Everyone's here.
1: Everyone's here.
0: Everybody's watching you now.
1: Everybody waits for you now.
0: What happens next? I don't know what happens next, Caitlin. <laughs> This is always and forever. A One Tree Hill podcast where two lifelong friends and super fans talk about the greatest show from the early two thousands.
1: I love how like different our characters were. You were all like perky and I was like, <laughs> Welcome to the planets. I was doing like a dramatic reading. <laughs> <laughs> you really were. i enjoyed it anyway this week we are discussing the search for something more the eighth episode of season one which was written by jennifer cecile directed by john c kretschmer and originally aired on november 11th 2003
0: one thing about this episode that i find so funny and this is a fun fact i don't know if you already know this but let's say karen in this episode she's leaving to go obviously on this italy trip but mm-hmm. the real reason why she's going on the trip is because Moira Kelly in real life is pregnant.
1: Yes, I did know and this
0: If you know this and not just not just this episode but leading up to this episode as well, if you pay attention carefully, you can see all of the different objects that she is put behind mm-hmm. <laughs> To hide her belly.
1: <laughs> yes. They do such a great job at covering it, though.
0: They really do.
1: I, I mean, I think it helps the fact that, you know, it's season one, so we don't technically know, like, the type of clothing Karen normally wears, because you, you notice, too, like, um, I, this isn't a spoiler at all, but, like, the clothing Karen wears for the rest of the series is not as baggy. She's not wearing as many jackets yeah. or anything like that. So, uh-huh. so you can definitely, you can see it, like... Knowing what you know now, but I know when the first time I watched it, I had no idea. And so I I had watched no idea some commentaries.
0: Originally either. But then when I found out that was the reason why she was leaving and she actually was pregnant, it it's hilarious some of the things that she hides behind, specifically in this mm-hmm. episode, the bookshelves. I thought that was a really <laughs> clever thing to do (laughs) she's literally there's one scene where she's holding like the box of the bookshelves right directly in front of her so you would never even be able to tell (laughs) yeah it's i think oh it's funny and then also when sorry go ahead when they were leaving the house to go to the airport they angle the scene a weird way yeah and she's also <laughs> holding the luggage or, or so, so, holding something as she's coming She's holding the
1: suitcase <laughs> and is like pulling yeah. it out like right in front of her it's so clever
0: it <laughs> really is i love it
1: i don't know how they did that but i like it i think it's really I, interesting yeah,
0: it's a fun fact definitely always and forever is spoiler free but please stay tuned after the credits for a fully spoiled discussion
1: Somebody told me that this is a place where everything's better and everything's safe. However, we want to keep this a safe place for you because this episode contains frank discussions of sexual assaults. If this is a triggering topic for you, please refer to our show notes where you will find timestamps noted in the sensitive material. Thank you.
0: To make up for her drunken actions at the Scott's annual basketball appreciation party, Brooke sets up a date night for Nathan and Haley so they can get to know each other.
1: The date goes really well until Nathan runs into his friends and acts like he's not actually on a date. Haley's feelings are hurt and she leaves.
0: The next day, Nathan sincerely apologizes by saying he wants to be someone good enough to be seen with Haley.
1: Unexpectedly, he kisses her and she kisses him back. It looks like we have a new romance in Tree Hill. Super exciting. Woo!
0: And also, in an attempt to bounce back from the drama at the basketball party, Brooke and Peyton decide to attend a college party for some fun.
1: But this party is nowhere near as fun. and has a much darker ending than they both could have imagined.
0: At first, Peyton hits it off with a guy at the party who shares her taste in music. But as they are talking, he slips a date rape drug into her drink.
1: Brooke finds the guy attempting to sexually assault a semi-conscious Peyton, but Brooke pushes him off. She then calls Lucas for support and a ride home.
0: While Brooke and Lucas look after Peyton that night, they get to know each other and form a connection.
1: And in other news, Karen gets accepted to a six-week cooking program in Italy, but she contemplates if it's the right time to leave Lucas and the cafe.
0: But Deb kindly volunteers to run the cafe while she's gone, and Keith will look after Lucas.
1: And realizing that she has good instincts and that she should trust them, Karen kisses Keith before getting on the plane to Italy.
0: Ooh, another super exciting kiss. Yes.
1: Which he didn't even include in the script originally, and how dare you?
0: I know, I totally forgot it on (laughs) the way.
1: I'm calling you out on that, I am sorry.
0: Installing the hidden cameras in Dan's house, I'm Caitlin Illinich.
1: And daring you to move. I am Jeremy Rodriguez. <laughs> did you catch my intro? <laughs> yes I did. For some reason that's This that is how part- our intro's gonna be. Like now that we're keeping them from each other, you'll be like, Did you get it, Jeremy? Is it funny? <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my- For some reason, that scene kills me when he says that to them. I don't know why. He legitimately
1: looks around, so he like literally like you know, shuts his head like around the room. I'm like, wait, are you literally looking for hidden cameras, dude? Yep. He's like,
0: I'm looking for the hidden cameras because you cannot be serious. just so funny (laughs) did you get my
1: intro was it funny caitlin (laughs) yes
0: i got yours too jimmy
1: (laughs) i was debated on if we should like alter if we should do something like that for our intro so like you know you'll say dare you to move i'm caitlin illinich and i'll be like dare you to lift yourself up off the floor i'm jeremy (laughs) rodriguez
0: (laughs) But we, we did the earlier
1: have. intro, and it's great, which we came yeah. up with right before we started recording. It was Jeremy's idea. I'm not going to take credit for that at all. No, I'm Well, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> it's the best idea I ever came up with, spontaneously. <laughs>
0: <sighs> oh, too funny. So this episode is titled after the song The Search for Something More by Antifreeze.
1: What'd you think of the song?
0: I thought the song lyrics were pretty clear and straightforward, and I know you said that earlier
1: yeah it's literally just about following your hopes and dreams it's yeah yeah, yes the the connection between this song and the episode is pretty on the nose and i think it mostly has to do with karen following her dreams to go to italy for six weeks
0: it it really is all about searching for answers and searching for truth and I, i agree it definitely relates to karen and her dreams i also also think it relates to nathan a little bit nathan and Haley in their situation because they're they're kind of trying to figure each other out and in this episode at least you can tell that nathan is trying to search for something more he's changing for the better hopefully fingers crossed and yeah i think he's just searching for something different than he's had in the past basically
1: yeah definitely i also thought the song was very up-tempo too Which was just, like, I feel like really contributed to the idea of just, Mm -hmm. like, you know, pursuing your dreams. Like, go out there. It's, like, you know, it's a very high-energy song. And I did like it. I never heard of this band before, Antifreeze?
0: No. Originally, when I went to go search for the song that was titled after this episode, I couldn't find it right away. And I know Mm -hmm. you found it.
1: Yeah, that's according to the IMDb description. Okay. So if you if you go to the IMDb trivia, so I apologize that the IMDb trivia is, is wrong, everybody.
0: <laughs> but it definitely it definitely sounds like a One Tree Hill mid two thousands feel to it.
1: Yeah, early two thousands, mid two
0: thousands. Yeah, I'm loving it too. So I liked it.
1: <laughs> Now, before we get into our actual episode discussion, there is something that really bothers me about this episode that I have to... I mean, there's a lot of things that bother me about this episode, but this is more of like a silly topic. (laughs) (laughs) So, the timeline for this episode, this is supposed to take place the day after the basketball party or whatever it was, yeah?
0: right? Yep. Okay.
1: So, in the previous episode...
0: Well, first off, Brooke is in her... Brooke is in the same dress, so that's how you know that.
1: Yeah, she is. Okay. But, all right, bear with me here. So, in the previous episode, Nathan says that he has a test to study for, and then Haley's like, oh, well, thank goodness you have a three-day weekend, and then is like, oh, well, except for the party. So, we're led to believe, okay, this is a three-day weekend, right? So, we're led to believe that the party happened on a Friday, right? Right
0: yeah that's that was my thought
1: okay so the party happened on a friday so th- there's a party blah 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 and again keep this in mind nathan is supposed to be studying for a test he has three days to study for a test okay so the day after the party he is working out and then he has the date with Haley that same night yeah then the next morning he is going to Haley's house and throwing rocks at her window when is he actually studying i want to know i am concerned <laughs>
0: Yeah, his focus has definitely shifted from (laughs) getting better at school to Haley.
1: (laughs) I I feel like if I was Haley doing this situation, I'd be like, "Shouldn't you be studying?" I mean, like, I understand we're trying to get like this whole thing where we're like trying to reunite and everything like that, but maybe you should be studying. Let's do this another weekend.
0: Oh, that's too funny.
1: I am just saying, but then again, like you know, (laughs) maybe maybe between all this, Nathan was. Nathan actually was studying, because, I mean, I'm trying to think. Back to 2003, there were significantly fewer things to do. There were fewer things to get distracted by, so maybe he did study. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt.
0: Hopefully he found some time to study.
1: I, I hope so. We'll never sick. find out if he passed the test. Spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 so, at least not to the best I, of my knowledge. I
0: feel like the timeline of this episode, that's interesting that you brought that up, because I feel like, how did Brooke, she was passed out at the previous episode, at Nathan's <laughs> house, and she somehow makes it to Peyton's? How? And doesn't really well, like seem to remember the night before at all. She's at Peyton's, though.
1: I assume Nathan either called Peyton to come and get Brooke, or Nathan brought Brooke over.
0: And the weird part to me is, Brooke was pissed, you know, at, she was pissed at Peyton. And Lucas, I thought. Right. But I guess it was just, she was drunkenly pissed and not actually pissed. <laughs> it literally, yeah. <laughs> because she ends up at her house anyway, so. <laughs>
1: it literally had everything to do with the alcohol, honestly. But thankfully, you know, Brooke was terrible in the last episode, but thankfully she redeems herself.
0: Yeah, because I would have been, this was a good episode for her, and.
1: This is true Brooke's a
0: She had to redeem herself, because. yes. She did a lot to redeem herself, though, because she really dug herself a deep hole in the last yes, episode. Yes, if any listeners are
1: listening to the spoiler for a but if you're just like, if you just don't understand why Caitlin and I love Brooke so much, I feel like this is the episode where we say, this is true Brooke. This is the Brooke that we love. Or at least yeah, just, you know, she's just starting to get there, at least. Because by far, like, so much more stuff happens with Brooke that we just love her so much more.
0: She's a character who, she likes to have fun, but at the same time, she's a good person and she cares about people in her life
1: definitely yeah and
0: yay brooke davis
1: (laughs) yay i just love everything she does except for i I gotta say like do people actually wear corsets to parties
0: i don't know
1: just corsets
0: (laughs) I they were really going over the top there. I think a little bit. Like I'm not even shaming. Like you know, wear like the reveal of an outfit. Like wear
1: as revealed of an outfit as you want to be. I'm just saying the actual an actual corset though. Do you actually wear a legit corset to go out to a party?
0: I guess some people do. I don't know.
1: I mean, that's she looks good at it. She's pulling it off. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, they definitely both pulled off their tops. Yes, for sure. <laughs>
1: Got to give it me some like Sarah Michelle Gellar vibes and cruel intentions. If you ever seen that movie,
0: I don't think I have seen that movie.
1: Oh my god, you definitely, you should, you definitely should see it, but you also shouldn't say it at all. That's a whole other conversation. Oh
0: god, let's not go down that <laughs> rabbit hole.
1: <laughs> yes. So yeah, Brooke um hooks up with this guy at the party. Did you recognize him?
0: No, I don't think I did.
1: He was Detective Holbrook from Pretty Little Liars.
0: Are you serious? Yep. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! <laughs> I did not know yep. that.
1: Yep, that is him. It's funny. I actually, you know, you know, back when I was, I was about to say, back when I was very gay. <laughs> <laughs> I was gay back then. I'm not gay anymore. I'm um, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're always gay. Always are. Anyway, like back when I watched this episode, I remember thinking this guy's really, really hot because he had like this two thousands like vibe to him, he and was I remember Aber- like
0: Abercrombie, like he yeah, really was.
1: He- Even in the IMDb credits, his name is Abercrombie. (laughs) So, anyway, the actor's name is Sean Ferris. So, but anyway, yeah, like I remember looking him up back in the day because I was like, you know, I'm crushed on this guy. Like, who is he? So, I started to like, you know, Google like pictures of him and everything. You know, I was just like very curious about who he was. And when he was cast on Pretty Little Liars, I actually knew him because of this one role on
0: one tree. Oh my gosh, that's too funny. (laughs) So obscure. I know.
1: During the scene when he says he's not drinking now, and he says that, I have a killer exam on Monday. It's in human sexuality. And then Brooke's like, what a coincidence. <laughs> I specialize in sexuality. And then he's like, well, maybe we could be study partners.
0: That was and I'm so like, corny.
1: So I corny. love it. <laughs> Seriously, my entire time in college, I wanted to hook up with a guy who mentioned that he was taking human sexuality, and I wanted to say this, and I never <laughs> got an opportunity to. I'm so sorry. So, if you just want to tweet me, at Rodriguez Jeremy, and if you just want to tell me that you have an exam in human sexuality, <laughs> just tell me that, and I will gladly respond. This will give me the opportunity to use this line.
0: <laughs> Too funny. Oh my god. Oh,
1: <laughs> uh, Yes. What did you What did you think, though, of, um, you know, besides all that, what did you think of Brooke's whole redemption arc in this episode, about how she tried to fix everything?
0: I really like Brooke in this episode. I like that the episode starts where she's trying to, I don't know how you say it, get her karma back. basically yeah. Appease the karma <laughs> gods or whatever, Which, I don't know, how do you say that?
1: <laughs> appease the karma gods? I don't remember what she said. I don't know what she said either. <laughs> Which honestly that could be seen as a little bit selfish because she's like yeah. I'm just trying to like to you know, be a good person, so like good things will happen to me. Like it is a little bit selfish.
0: Yeah, I agree. But at the same time she admits that she really screwed over Nathan and Haley last night. Oh
1: yeah, definitely. And I, so Yeah, she definitely owns it.
0: I like how right away she's going to Nathan's house and telling him that she's gonna set up a date and then she goes and sees Haley as well. And says the same thing. And she really does make a nice date night. It was funny. They got to know each other until obviously nathan wrecked it but that's a whole nother conversation but I, yeah i i really like what brooke did oh oh yeah. no totally like i do like
1: what she does um i'm just saying though it's the irony behind this though is that um when she was quote-unquote trying to be a good person that's when she started to make out with abercrombie and she's like oh my god are you in high school and like you know so basically like you know she was she was doing like these acts like kind of selfishly and- yeah you know, then it resulted in, like, it coming back on her. Because she wasn't doing this as a selfless act at first. And
0: then she, when she finds out that that guy's in high school, she's like, <laughs> real funny! <laughs> Looking up in the sky. Real funny,
1: and she points up at the air. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was I so left funny. Out at that. Yeah, that was good. Yes. Um, okay, so, like I said, she was, you know, she was being very selfish at this point. But then toward the end, when she legitimately helps Peyton out, Like, not because, like, you know, it's because of her. Not to appease the karma gods, but because she was literally helping Peyton. Yeah. Then everything started to look up for her, because she was genuinely being a good person. She wasn't doing it for, like, any sort of personal gain or anything like that. So she really was coming through in Mm -hmm. the end for Peyton.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I think she was selfish to an extent. But ultimately, I think her intentions were good for the most part.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. All I'm saying now is that her, um... When she was starting to be selfless, that's when things really started to look up for her. That's how she got closer to Lucas. At this point, it looks like she's starting to get integrated more into his life, which we'll talk a little bit more later. But... Yeah, for sure. Go Brooke. I love you and your specialization in sexuality.
0: <laughs> You're killing me. I'm sorry. <laughs> so let's talk about Nathan and Haley's date and how adorable it was. Yes, it's
1: so cute. I love these two together so much. I know. Oh, God. I. Oh, I-
0: I just love, I love this whole story in this episode. <laughs> I hope that
1: squealing didn't come off across as, like, really annoying in people's headphones. I am sorry if it did.
0: <laughs> so first, Nathan has to convince Haley to go, and that was kind of hard at first, because obviously, based on everything that happened in the previous episode, she just was not feeling it, which, I can't really blame her.
1: Yeah, but... Why isn't she feeling it? That, like, uh, let's go back to, like, the record store when... Yeah. When he tries to tell her, like, hey, like, you know, I didn't pass around the note. Like, why is Haley so insecure at this point?
0: I think she just doesn't want to be wrapped up in Nathan's drama. He seems to attract drama. Hmm. That's my best guess.
1: And I mean, everything's sort of, like, safe with her and Lucas. Like, that's where everything yeah. is, like, most comfortable.
0: Yeah, so, that's true, too. Okay.
1: I can get that. I can understand that. Um... I do like when Brooke goes into Karen's cafe to try to tell Haley like, hey, like, you know, I'm gonna set the two of you up on a date. And then like as soon as Brooke comes in, Haley's like, we're close. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Oh gosh. Anyway, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that real quickly before we actually got to the date because <laughs> those moments are funny. Uh,
0: they had to pick something out at the lingerie store, which was that's a funny Brooke thing to do, for sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it really is such a Brooke thing. <laughs> Inhaling like, a <sighs> socks. <laughs> so what, I mean,
1: what else could she have gotten I mean, in no. there?
0: Really? What else could she
1: have? It's like, I mean, yeah, I have no idea. I guess
0: whatever she would get would be for Nathan. <laughs> but I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Which I'm like, that's kind of,
1: I mean, yeah. that's kind of making assumptions broke, Yeah, I guess. Like,. Yeah, honestly, knowing Brooke, that could have been, like, her goal at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, Haley's buying something that she could wear for Nathan, it,
0: but... I think it was just meant to kind of break the ice and just get a laugh.
1: Exactly. Probably.
0: And then they're having a great date at the restaurant, and Nathan has to go and screw it up. Mm-hmm. I cringed. Nathan,
1: why did you have to do that? You were enjoying a great bowl of mac and cheese, the food of the gods, and he had to do that.
0: He just couldn't for a second be honest. He had to keep up appearances and maintain his reputation in front of Tim and the other guys. It's it's really awful when they're sitting there on a date and he can't even admit it to his friends. So exactly, I don't blame Haley for leaving. Obviously, I think oh, anyone no, would, definitely not anyone—would have left in that case.
1: And also, why does Tim have to be such a dick? Like, what is this?
0: Like, and of course, they're walking by the same exact place where they're eating.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is um, a beautiful location, by the way. Like, yeah. I Have you ever been to that, like, little area during your trip to Wilmington?
0: Walk, I've walked along the riverfront. It could have been there. There's a bunch of different restaurants, so it could have been, but I don't know which Ooh. one specifically. Yeah, it's a cute area in downtown Wilmington.
1: Aw. When this pandemic's over, we should eat there. We should. Yes. And
0: get macaroni and cheese. Yes, both of us, please. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> But Haley runs away, and then the next morning he's throwing stones at Haley's window, and then they share their first kiss, which I have a few issues with. But let's talk about your thoughts first.
0: I, it's adorable.
1: I think it's adorable. It's so romantic, like especially because you know, like when Haley like leads into him, and you know that's when the music swells up with daring to move. It's so so good.
0: It's fantastic. There's even some humor in the scene leading up to it when he's throwing the stones and he's like hitting his, her parents' window. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, and he starts to apologize. And Haley's like, you should buy them in bulk if you're going to hand out apologies that often. <laughs> <laughs> so then he starts to talk about, you know, that he wants to be a better person. He wants to be someone that Haley wants to be seen with. And I think that was the right thing to say in that moment to own up to what he's done in the past. And oh, that's totally. that's when Haley says, there's nothing you could say that could, or nothing that you could do or say that's going to change things. And then he leans in for a kiss. Except that. So Which, cute. It's
1: just so cute. It's, okay, it is cute because at the end of the night, both of them end up consented to it, but I just want to say this about, like, any sort of romantic movie where a guy just grabs a girl... Without her consent and just kisses her. Yeah. It just, you know, it just annoys me. I literally said, like, you know, like, Haley is throwing signals at you. She does not want to kiss you and yet you kiss her. Granted, like, she ended up saying, like, okay, I actually do want to kiss him. So it's great. But I am just saying that the signals that he was getting, he should not
0: have leaned in to kiss her. Yeah. I had a feeling you were going to say something like that. But we know why the, I out- the, SJW, we know the outcome of it, feeling. and everything was fine. So I guess that's why my feelings don't really change. Exactly. Too much.
1: But I just, I just want to say this: um, there's the on the freeform show, the bold type. This sort of kiss is pulled off, but it's pulled off in a much better way. So what happens is the, the guy ends up confessing that he has feelings for the girl, and you know what he does? He does surprise her with a kiss, but he doesn't just aggressively lead into her and kiss. Her, and kiss her. He, he leads it very slowly. Right. And then, like, you know, waits for the girl to, like, back away, and she's not backing away, so he continues to, like, lean into the kiss, and then he kisses her. So there's, like, so much consent involved in that situation. So I'm not saying you can't, like, you know, surprise somebody with a kiss like that. You can do that and be romantic, but by all means, do not, like, just grab somebody and just, like, kiss them like that.
0: Yeah, I think, let me see if I can gather my thoughts about this. I'm sorry I mean, it,
1: to ruin the romance for all Nathan and Haley fans yeah, out you're there. Killing I'm so it right sorry. Now you're killing
0: it, <laughs> but I have to say it. I just had to. I just had to be upfront and just say that. I think if he were to have kept trying to kiss her, even when she's trying to like get away from him, obviously that's an issue. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say like it's not like he like immediately started making it out.
0: They were kind of having an intimate moment even though she were she was giving signs that she didn't want to do want to have anything to do with him but they were still having kind of like a moment. We already know, I think he even knows that she likes him
1: yeah it's clear it's not like when he leaned in for the kiss he didn't like start making out with her and didn't give her a chance like back away he just kissed her and then backed away Haley was the one who made out with him but that was okay because like nathan expressed like some type of consent so it was okay for her to do that so
0: i i understand what you're saying i understand what you're saying
1: (laughs) i'm sorry nathan and Haley fans i really am um, I did like though at the end of the storyline Now when they're at school and then Nathan's with his friends and then he goes up to Haley publicly in front of all of yeah. his friends. Which that scene reminded me of the show My So Called Life. I don't you've never seen that show, have you? No, I haven't. Oh my god, you totally should see my so-called life because that show walked so One Tree Hill could run.
0: Really? It aired in the nineties then?
1: It came out in nineteen ninety-four. It only aired for one season, 19 episodes. The show got canceled, unfortunately. But let me tell you, that show holds up so well. I know You'd think, like, 1994, like, okay, it's gonna be dated. I mean, other than the fact they don't have cell phones and the fashion's dated, yes. But, like, as far as the themes and everything, I, I watched the show recently for the very first time. And it still holds up. It is wonderful, 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 wonderful. Go watch oh, My wow. So-Called Life. And then come back here. But this podcast is about One Tree Hill. But anyway, in, um on My So-Called Life, there's a similar situation where the guy is like, he's dating the the main female character. And he's sort of like embarrassed about being with her, being seen with her and everything. And then um at the end of one particular episode, he walks up to her and grabs her and then kisses her in front of everybody. And it's really, really sweet.
0: Oh, wow. Huh. I don't know anything about that show. I've heard of it. Oh, my God. But- I don't know anything about it.
1: There is a certain actor from My So-Called Life who makes an appearance later on on One Tree Hill.
0: Get out of town, really?
1: Yes, I can't spoil who it is yet, but another time. So, but yes, that reminded me of that. I just wanted to bring that up.
0: Yeah, that Nathan and Haley moment, I think really solidified their, whatever their relationship is moving forward. And Mm. I'm glad that the episode ended like that because they needed some kind of, like closure or some resolution to what was going on. And I think those actions, it said a lot. You know, like actions speak louder than words, blah, blah, blah. But in this case, I think those actions did say a lot of how Nathan's feeling. And I don't know, he's starting to turn into a different guy a little bit. Mm hmm. We're starting to see Nathan's soft
1: side a little bit.
0: Haley is not someone that he would have dated in the past. So. I'm interested to see where this will go.
1: Yes, definitely. And it's I so mean, cool. obviously, oh. I know
0: where it's going to go, and I'm interested to re-see it. <laughs> <laughs> re such, see it. It's such a shame
1: that they both die in the next episode. <laughs> like, geez, like, oh, God, should I save that for the spoilers segment? about Oh, no. <laughs>
0: You're awful, Jeremy. Oh, my gosh. What are you doing to these fans? Oh, I'm just explaining. Like,
1: I was just saying what happened, unfortunately. Like, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, Nathan and Haley both die in the next episode. Uh, oh, Zep and world. Karen become a couple. They literally become a couple because they call each other every day from Italy. Karen calls her from Italy, and they just, like, you know, start to have, like, phone sets. It's really hot. I was not expecting it to go there, honestly. I was like, whoa.
0: <laughs> okay, we're gonna move on now because <laughs> you're rewriting the show, and that's not cool. <laughs>
1: Someone out there is going to write a fan fiction where all this stuff happens. (laughs) I'll be so honored. I know.
0: Well, I'm glad that we talked about Nathan and Haley and their fun date and how they got some resolution. But there's definitely some heavier topics in this episode. Yeah. Before
1: we get into the heavier the heavier portion of that, though, um, I just want to say the character Gabe from the party, um, the actor who plays him, Mike Irwin, Do so you recognize him at all?
0: I was going to share this fact. Oh no!
1: <laughs> Go ahead, share the fact <laughs> so you can get credit for it.
0: He played Colin Hart in Everwood. Yes, you watched Everwood. Yes, and I actually rewatched it like two years ago, so pretty recently. Oh, wow, well, I haven't watched... Did you,
1: did you watch it, like, as it aired, or...?
0: I watched it when it had reruns on, like, ABC Family.
1: Oh, I back think. when it was ABC Family. <laughs>
0: I'm pretty sure it was ABC Family, yeah. That had the reruns, like, back when we were in, I guess, high school, or late middle school, maybe?
1: I remember that, yes. I liked Everwood a lot.
0: I didn't oh, it was realize so good. You watched the whole thing, too?
1: Yeah, I watched it as it aired. Really? Yeah, and I haven't watched it since then, actually. Um, but the funny thing about this, and this is like something I vividly remember, because as I've said in many episodes, I did not watch One Tree Hill as an air during season one. Yeah. But I did watch Everwood as it was airing. And I remember that um, I was watching an episode of Everwood, like... This would have been around season two of Everwood because it aired at the same time as season one of One Tree Hill. Yeah. And I remember like seeing like, you know, little things scrolling at the bottom saying, like, watch One Tree Hill this week with special guest star Mike Irwin.
0: And then you get all excited and then this is his part. Yes. <laughs> Are you kidding?
1: I know. But I
0: recognized his face and I did know this previously, but I forgot. And then today when I was re watching the episode, I'm like, I know that guy. I need to look that up. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, of course, that's what it was. I yes. knew this, but then, you know, forgot it over time. Regardless,
1: he does um he does do a good job with this character. I will say. As an actor, he does do a good job. Cause we're not supposed to you know, we're not supposed to like him. Absolutely by any means. not. But I, I definitely just wanted to share that because I definitely remember seeing like special guest star Mike Irwin. Like he was like this big like Hollywood celebrity at the time. <laughs>
0: That's funny that you remember it when it originally...
1: I have really obscure memories that I'm going to like you to come bring to the table a lot during this podcast.
0: That's cool. I'm glad you have that perspective.
1: (laughs) Anyway, that's the fun part I wanted to talk about. Let's talk about the not-so-fun things in this episode.
0: Where do we begin?
1: Mm. I don't know. Um, I have a lot of issues with how the storylines being portrayed, but I feel like... I feel like you and I will have a lot of the same thoughts. So, yeah. I'll let you go first. And then I'll just like tell you whether I agree. And then I'll add to that.
0: So, I feel like this date rape storyline, I feel like it's being used more so as like a plot point than it's mm-hmm. actually sending a message about sexual assault and using date rape drugs and taking advantage of women. While I think that these types of stories are important, in a way, to bring some of this to the light, you know, to get people talking about these issues, I don't think Wintry Hill's necessarily trying to send a message in this episode. What are your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, did you, like, I got a lot of, um, victim-blaming messages from a lot of the dialogue. Did you notice a lot of them, or...? Like, did you extrapolate that? Because I did so many times, like, I watched this episode three times before recording, and I'm like, I kept finding something different each time.
0: The character Gabe, who slips her the drug, um, he, I remember he said when they rescued Peyton from the room or something, or when Luke went back to punch him, he said something along the lines of, she drank too much, or whatever, tell her not to drink so much. Yeah. So that's one that comes to mind immediately at least
1: yeah well i mean for that line like i don't mind it coming from that character's mouth because yeah. that character is a shithead like that character was supposed to hate them yeah. so i don't really i mean the character is shitty don't get me wrong but i'm just saying like the way that character is written i don't really have any issues with that character saying that because we're not supposed to be rude for him at all
0: no um
1: more so later on when peyton is passed out on her bed and then brooke and lucas are on the computer brooke's looking up the like the symptoms of the drug and everything like that and brooke says i feel terrible it's all my faults and you know how lucas responds he responds with yeah well what's done is done later on he does say it's not your fault though you did get her out of there and i'm just like cool brooke got it Peyton out of there. But there's not a single time where we're blaming the dude. We're not blaming Gabe for actually attempting to sexually assault her. Like, we're never actually making him into the villain here. Instead, there's so so many messages where you're like, oh, God, it was my fault. And I don't like that at all.
0: I guess because Lucas went in there to punch Gabe that I guess they felt as though it was resolved in a way because the perpetrator was punched or beat up or whatever he was put in his place basically i'm th- trying to think of the perspective of like the writers behind this scene a little bit yeah it's just i, I don't know it just
1: made me like i understand like i don't thought brooke um being written that way thinking that it's her fault because that's something i feel like a lot of um. i mean brooke wasn't the survivor in this case but she was one of the people who was involved in the situation, so I would say she is a survivor. Um, a lot of survivors will say that about themselves, like, oh, it's my fault. Yeah. And I feel like the message should be like more upfront, like, no, it's not your fault. Like, I don't like the, like, as soon as Lucas said, like, okay, well, what's, what's done is done, that really bothered me. I don't think he should have said that. He should have said, like, no, it is not your fault. It was his fault. Yeah. He was the one who drugged Peyton.
0: There's no consequences for... The perpetrator, in this case. There's no consequences. I mean, other than Luke punching him, that's the only consequence there is. This guy just goes on and gets to do whatever and... He's not shamed in any way, really, which he should be. Yeah,
1: and it's almost like it's a vice to make Lucas into the hero. And at the end of the day, like Brooke is the one who did more work to save it and pay in. Yep, not Lucas. Lucas wasn't even there.
0: I was gonna say a similar thing. Like, yeah, he's the he comes in to save the day, save the damsel in distress. Basically, he he's meant yeah. to be yeah that hero, and that's an issue in itself. But right ultimately he didn't really do anything like you said brooke was the one who actually stopped it from happening stopped the assault before anything could continue
1: yes like if anything brooke should be the one to really really be thanked here and i'm not saying like you know you don't owe people like thanks for like hey you saved me from sexual assault you don't owe anybody that or anything like that like that's not that anybody should be doing of course but um i don't like that lucas is the one who's automatically portrayed as the hero here and also um you said earlier about it being more of a plot device yep, to try to move some of the other storylines forward. Because, I mean, what happens is, Brooke and Lucas end up spending more time together, because Peyton's unconscious, so, you know, it's treated as a plot device. And also, again, this isn't even a spoiler, this whole situation, this entire assault, is never brought up again in the series.
0: Yeah, it really isn't. It's not even discussed in the next episode.
1: Never. Yeah. So we're completely, like, sideswiping the fact that yeah, like, Peyton doesn't, like, remember anything, and because, like, when she first wakes up, she's like, oh, no, like, and, and then Lucas is like, no, 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 nothing happens. But, like, something yeah. still did happen to her, and she has yeah. every right to be a little bit traumatized, so it's kind of like sideswiping, like, any actual trauma she could be going through.
0: He was touching her and laying on her forcefully, so it was yeah. still an assault. Thankfully, it didn't reach another level. Mm-hmm. This storyline even propels... Peyton to apologize to Lucas about what happened in the previous episode at the party. She's now sorry for, like, everything. Sorry that he had to come save her. Sorry that she, you know, left when they were kissing in the last episode. Like, she doesn't need to be sorry for for what happened at this college party. Uh, Yeah, exactly. It has nothing really to do with what happened at the previous party.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like this is, like, supposed to be a moment where... Like it's written as such that Peyton is supposed to be grateful for Lucas, and that's why she's saying yeah. sorry. Like, Lucas did the bare minimum. He did exactly what he should be doing. Yeah. Don't reward him for that. I have so many issues with that. Um furthermore, something else I want to talk about. Um speaking of what happened with between Lucas and Peyton at the party. Um, I almost wonder if this storyline is like a is like almost a way to punish Peyton for like wanting something more casual because the episode starts off with her like no i'm through the drama of dating and i just want to have fun like she just wanted like a casual like hookup type of deal oh and my then, god that's a good point point. and then this is what happens like it's almost trying to like demonize like casual sex a little bit
0: yeah like you let yourself loose a little bit and i don't know if that's the right word but you let yourself have fun have a fun night or whatever And then this is what happens. The worst thing possible that could happen. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like. It's.
0: Oh, that's a really. That's a valid point. Yeah. She didn't want the commitment in the last. The previous night. Yeah. So now she's trying something different. And yeah, I'm not going to say anything more because I would have more to add to that, but it would spoil.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) One last thing. Actually, there's a few. There's a few things. Um. There's a few good things I want to talk about this storyline, um, but one last um bad thing when Lucas comes home in the in the middle. It wasn't the middle of the night. It was the next the next morning, right? It was the next morning. Yeah, yeah it was the next morning. He's he tells Karen like why he didn't call or do anything, and then he says like oh like somebody drugged Peyton and drank at the party, and then like Karen's like okay that's a that's a valid excuse, but, you know? And it, she does ask if Peyton's okay. Like I get it. But then she says, drugs, parties, and I'm supposed to leave the country? I'm like, w- why are you Why are you saying that in response? Like, drugs and parties? Like, n- no, like, for one thing, like, he could have been drinking soda at the party.
0: And also, Lucas wasn't even at the party. He was literally coming to support them and to pick them up.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not only that, too, but yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yes, you are absolutely right. <laughs>
0: So, he, so it's so it's almost like he didn't do really anything wrong.
1: Yeah, it's almost like Karen was blaming um mm-hmm. Peyton as well for getting into that situation, and I don't like that. Do
0: you do you think there should be these types of storylines in TV shows? Sexual? Assault? I mean,
1: I I mean, me as a cisgender male, like I don't know if I'm, like I'm the best person to yeah answer that question. Um. My general hot take, though, is that I feel like if we actually spend time with the survivor of the situation, we actually get, like, that survivor to process the trauma and actually deal with it. And, you know, like, let's say if the actual sexual assault occurs, like, I don't want it to be, like, gratuitous or anything like that. I feel like it has to be, like, um, handled with the proper nuance and care, which I don't think happens here at all. Because, as we said earlier, too, like, this assault is never mentioned again in the series.
0: It should be a larger storyline, it really should be a larger storyline. Yeah. That, that would be developed over the course of a few episodes, I think, to do it right. Because, like I said in the beginning, it's pretty much just a plot point here. It's used to cause other things to happen or to lead to other storylines, but it's not, I don't think it really deals with the issue and and why it's wrong. Right. And, yeah, that's, I think, you would need to include that storyline to really show like the consequences of this, of someone doing this and how right. the situation could be handled and reported and and all of that. Oh, definitely.
1: And the ironic thing about this too is that this episode's written by a woman. It's written by Jennifer Cecile. However, like the way a the way a writer's room typically works though, um, it's usually done in such a way, like one person writes the episode, but there's input from like so many people. And one tree hill and the writers room specifically, if you look at if you look at the season one DVDs and like count how many women there are, and I, I wish I actually counted the amount, but there are very few women writers. Mm-hmm. So I personally think that the male power figures that were beha- that were behind the show were involved in some way and said making it into the problematic story that it was.
0: And the creator or the producers could even bring the storyline and say, here, write it like this. Yeah. You know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's also like in there as well. Um but I would like to think that Jennifer Cecile's voice does come through a little bit because let's talk about that Zarlin med student.
0: Yeah, that was one of the better things about the whole
1: storyline. I loved her so much you actually see her twice in the episode beforehand. Like, she's the one who's handed out drinks at first and is like, Oh, is I didn't like,
0: realize hey, you... that.
1: Yeah, same person. She's like, Hey, do you want a drink? And then after Brooke rescues Peyton, she's the one who's standing in the doorway and she's like looking at Gabe and he, she's like, What the fuck are you doing? So, and then she, you know, so obviously she's been observing mm-hmm. them throughout the night. And then she's the one who comes outside and explains to them about the effects of the date rape drugs and everything like that. Yeah. And she was so supportive. Like, she she stayed with Peyton while, while Brawl Club showed Lucas the room. It was very, very well done. And um, let's talk about this, too. The attempted rapist gets a name, and this character does not.
0: That's wild to me. Absolutely yeah.
1: wild. I did look up this episode on IMDb, though, and according to IMDb, the character's name is Casey. Oh. In case you were curious about that. She is played by Stephanie Wallace. And additionally, Stephanie Wallace was on one episode of Dawson's Creek. Oh. She also did um some short films between 2002 and 2004. And she didn't act on screen. I don't know if she liked it like plays or anything like that, so I don't really know that much about her career. But she didn't act in a movie again until 2017, which is a movie called The Watchman's Canoe, which you can watch on Amazon Prime right now. Interesting. So, if you want to support her, this darling med student, go and watch that movie on Amazon Prime. It's called The Watchman's Canoe.
0: So, she wasn't named where, and then she was named on IMDb.
1: Yeah, I guess she was named in the scripts. There could have been, honestly, there could have been, like, a deleted scene or something like that, where...
0: Where did you see that she wasn't named?
1: uh, Watching the episode.
0: Oh, just watching the episode, that's what you meant. Okay, (laughs) true. They never
1: say Casey in the episode at all, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, th- that's how I had to find in her. I looked her up on IMDb, and I was like, okay, the character's name is Casey. Got it. I thought she was darling, and I want to see more of Casey.
0: We need more characters like her.
1: Yes, but we never see her again, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> yeah, if the storyline is never brought up again, we definitely don't see her again.
1: Oh uh, yes. Are we ready to move out of this heavy topic,
0: though? Yes, I am.
1: So... As we were saying, that storyline with Peyton, because it's a plot device, it had to move some storylines forward, and one of them is Brooke and Lucas.
0: I love how Brooke tried so hard to get Lucas's attention at the basketball party the previous night, and now in this episode, she actually is herself, and she gets Lucas's attention. Huh. It's funny how that works. (laughs) What are you trying to say, <laughs> I'm trying to say she tried so hard to get his attention and he wasn't having it at all. And now this night, she's actually herself. She's, you know, helping Peyton and being a good friend and not trying to get Luke's attention. But now she kind of has his attention. Yeah, you she was like, what
1: Lucas? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know what she means. <laughs> I thought you were trying to get saucy at first, no. and I was like, okay, like I was like, okay, we gotta save that for the spoiler segment, Caitlin.
0: <laughs> no, no, oh. no spoilers. I'm just fine I just find it funny that like over the course of two nights, like he had nothing, wanted nothing to do with her because she just tried so hard to like get his attention, and she's now actually yeah. acting like herself.
1: Yeah, because Brooke let Lucas see her heart for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And show that she was, she actually is like a great person. And a good friend. One of the lines that she says is, the thing about Peyton is that it's hard for her to let her guard down. But when she does, she's got this amazing heart. And then Lucas says, sounds like something the two of you have in common. That's sweet. And it's so sweet. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) And Brooke even starts to reveal a little bit about herself to Lucas too. Mm -hmm. Specifically her family. She said, and we haven't gotten really any inkling of what her family is like at all. And she says something along the lines of, like, her parents just throw cash at her and don't really pay attention to her at all. Which is sad. And that maybe that'll explain a little bit of maybe why Brooke acts the way she does or some of her insecurities.
1: It's like she always wants, like, attention.
0: Yeah, because she's not getting it. She's
1: not getting it at home.
0: So you're starting to see Brooke as vulnerable, and I think before, you were mainly seeing a superficial Brooke. You Mm -hmm. really, like you said earlier, we're seeing Brooke as she truly is, for the very first time.
1: Yeah, and I thought she was so, so, so cute when Lucas tells Brooke, he's like, you can go get some sleep, I'll watch her for the night. And then Brooke's like, yeah, I can. But I'd much rather stay up and talk to you, if you don't mind. It's like, oh, she's making such a great human connection! It is so cute! <laughs> it is pretty cute. I love it so much. Also, um, during their talks, uh, we find out a little bit about like the timeline between like, Lucas and Nathan's birth. We find out that Lucas is three months older. Yeah, true. Which, let me tell you something that kind of pisses me off. If this isn't spoiling anything... But if you watch the season finale of season one on DVD, (laughs) there's the audio commentary between Chad Michael Murray, James Lafferty, Sophia Bush, Bethany Joy Lance, and Hillary Burton, they all do it together, and somebody asks a question, I forget who it is, but somebody asks, like, which one of you is supposed to be older? And then Chad Michael Murray, who delivers the line saying that he is three months older, he says, oh, I don't know, they never explained that to us.
0: I'm like, you said the line! I guess you never know when they're filming and then when they do the commentary. But yeah, well, so he would have done alley. this so they- way before the commentary. Yeah, they did this way before. So yeah, that makes zero sense. And also, we know that Dan impregnated Karen before Deb. <laughs> but that's already been <laughs> established. We just didn't know the amount of months. That's
1: all. But what's what's funny about that, too, is that um, Sophia Bush, she chimes in, and she corrects them and says, like, okay, so Karen got pregnant at the end of senior year of high school, and then Zeb got pregnant at the middle of the first semester <laughs> of college, and then she says, like, so, yeah, they're about, like, six months apart. I'm like, okay, Sophia, you don't know the proper one, either. You were in that scene.
0: Wow. I'm sorry. I love you, Sophia and Chad, but come on. <laughs> if they were six months apart, they could have actually potentially ended up we don't know exactly, but they could have put ended up in different grades. Yeah, that's a possibility, like yeah. Would still, I do on like cut
1: off dates and everything yeah, for school the cut districts. Off dates. Yeah,
0: I don't know. <laughs> so, like, I, I understand,
1: like, for actors, like, it's, you know, it's work for them. Like, you know, they're not obligated to, like, remember, like, every small no. minute detail like this. Like, whatever. I'm just saying, like, that's always bothered me. I'm like, every time I listen to that audio commentary, I'm like, no, you're both wrong. You're both wrong. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's unrelated. But anyway, I love that Lucas tells Brooke that he didn't realize how tough she was.
0: Yeah, I wrote that down too. As I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. They really had a, a moment there. This is Brooke. This is the Brooke we love. This should get interesting, I'm thinking. Especially how the episode ended with Brooke and uh, Peyton linking arms walking off. And Lucas is standing there like, hmm, okay, things just got a little more complicated.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like he's looking at both of them. Yes. Who was he looking at in this situation? Is he looking at Peyton, who just gave him a hug? Or is he looking at Brooke, who he just had a great bonding time with?
0: I don't know, Caitlin!
1: (laughs) But let's talk about characters who we are a little bit closer in age to now.
0: That is really, like, we are! Like, that's so scary, Jeremy! (laughs) Oh my god! Okay, can we not? Let's not.
1: We're closer in age to the parents than we are to the teenagers, and that is really, really weird.
0: (laughs) Because when this was filming, they were like in their mid-30s. Yeah. I think Moira Kelly at least was.
1: Yep, and right now we're in our (laughs) (laughs) mid-29s.
0: (laughs) Mid-29s. Oh gosh, it's a big year, this twenty twenty um <laughs>
1: <sighs> all right let's let's just okay let's let's just go let's let's move on anyway <laughs> so uh. what did you think of Zeb and karen being absolute rock stars together for their friendship
0: their friendship keeps getting better and better it really does and i love that deb was one of the people to convince karen to go for this cooking program in italy it's so unexpected that she would actually volunteer to watch the cafe and run it while carol has gone for six weeks. That's a long time. I
1: know, right?
0: I love what Deb says to Karen as she's trying to convince her to go on the trip. She basically, she has a, a long, not a long speech, but she ends it with saying, your life is now. And yes. That, I thought that was really powerful to get Karen, you know, not put her dreams off. To know that, like, she has a life too. Even though she has this business and she has Lucas, she can still go follow her dreams and she doesn't need to put that off for a later date because it's kind of like now or never.
1: Deb is an amazing friend. So, you know how Sophia Bush, Hillary Burton, and Bethany Joy Lenz all got in like a little fake Zoom call portraying Brooke Haley and Peyton yeah. <laughs> to register people to vote. That was adorable. I would love to see Moira Kelly and Barbara Allen Woods
0: do the same thing. Oh my gosh, then. that would be awesome.
1: <laughs> I don't think their friendship is like, you know, it's not seen on the same level as Brooke Kelly and Peyton. And I would just love, love to see that so much. That would be so cute. Deb's relationship with Karen is completely different from her relationship with Dan, though.
0: She's definitely standing up to him more. Yeah, she knows that becoming friends with Karen is irks Dan, like a it bothers him a lot. and she's doing like she's advancing this friendship even more in a way. Like now mm-hmm. she's gonna run the cafe. like that's Wow. that's what a good friend does. <laughs> <gasps> so that I can imagine, yeah, we know Dan's reaction, but it's his reaction is expected.
1: Yes. but a non-toxic relationship. Let's talk about Karen and Keith
0: oh my gosh that was the kiss at the end was so cute I know. And when Karen told Keith originally about the program and that it would be six weeks you could just see his face he's like oh man Karen's gonna be leaving <laughs> then he was still supportive of her and volunteers to take care of Lucas and just watch out for him and it's kind of acting like Lucas is like a little kid but whatever and then yeah then they get that kiss at the end
1: and it's just awesome it's funny you say that i didn't actually take that as um as him being like oh no karen's gonna leave i mean yeah of course like he's gonna be upset that karen's gone for six weeks like naturally i took that as um i think that keith believed that karen was gonna confess her own feelings to him and that he was a little bit upset that she didn't do such a thing that's what i like i know exactly what moment you're talking about when his face fell that's well, that's how i saw that though <laughs> i so think both could be true he, it's like he yeah. thought
0: in that moment that Karen was going to confess. Is that what you're saying? That's what I thought. Oh. Yeah. I just thought his face fell because. I think that could be true, too. She though. was leaving. It's like, of course, like, you're like, oh my God, it's like, oh my
1: God, I love you. Oh, wait, you're going away for six weeks? Like, that makes me a little bit sad. Like, of course, you're going to have some, feel some type of way about that. Yeah. Of course.
0: But in but, the yeah. end, it was very hopeful how that mm-hmm. ended with those two.
1: She's like, you know, about my instincts and how I should trust them. And he's like, yeah. And then she kisses him and she's like, you're right. <laughs> and then
0: she walks away. It's like and she goes to Italy. They couldn't have kissed earlier. Now she's gonna be gone. <laughs> Poor Keith. But it's in in the end. It's still very ho- hopeful. But yes. Now we're left thinking a little bit.
1: Hmm. Well, in this episode, we also get some returning characters.
0: Finally, they've been gone for like how many episodes? Yeah. Remember when Lucas used to go to the river court all the time? <laughs> So no wonder, like, mouth. well, not, actually, it was more so Skills, Fergie, and Junk were like, where have you been?
1: <laughs> I mean... <laughs> they introduced geez. themselves. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, it was funny. Th- they still welcomed him. Like, you know, they're like, hey, we're still friends, of course, you know?
0: <laughs> but he's obviously been busy with yes, the basketball definitely. team and all the drama that came with it. So mm-hmm. so they include that scene, and then at the end of the episode, Brooks. At the river court, which
1: Brooke is so adorable yeah. in that scene. Like she's wearing this some um, brown jacket, this maroon top, and like these form fitting jeans. She is gorgeous. Like earlier in the episode, she was wearing a corset, and I think she is so beautiful. Just, you know, coming up to the river court dressed like that. Like we even hi to Lucas. Like, this is Brooke, and so cute. Yeah. I love her. Uh.
0: And that makes you also wonder, wow, she's hanging around Lucas in the river court. Interesting. Yeah. So that leads you to believe some other things potentially could be happening. And then she has a conversation with Mouth, which is kind of funny. She was like, That was my nickname in summer camp because I kept my mouth open.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Before Mouth, like, you know, like looks at her, he's like, What? Like, yeah, what is it? She's you like, about? Oh, it's because. <laughs> and then she's like, You know, you're kind of cute. Do you have a girlfriend? Which I'm like, Okay, Brooke, like, I was loving you. Now you're being heteronormative. Come on. That's yeah, Yes. But this was two thousand three. I know, but also saying, um, kids, if you walk up to somebody you don't know, do what? not say things like that. Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have or do a significant you have a boyfriend? Other Or yes, partner, or, or you can even be somebody can even be asexual sexual, not even interested in dating either. Like you know, just just
0: don't fucking ask that shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I agree. It's imposing. Like you're just you're imposing on someone's privacy.
1: Yeah, also. exactly. <laughs> so I took an issue with that. And, you know, in my head canon, at least, because you notice, like, after, um, after Brooke asks, do you have a girlfriend, and, like, Mouth gets a little bit uncomfortable, I, like, felt very seen, like, in that scene as a as a queer kid, because, you know, people would ask me, like, when I was younger, and be like, oh, do you have a girlfriend? And I would, I would get, like, all shy, and be like, no. And it's because I was secretly gay, and I didn't want to reveal that to the world, you know? Yeah. So, in that moment, I was thinking Mouth is gay. We don't know yet. You're right. Oh, look at you being all progressive. We don't know yet. I mean, he said no to the question, but we don't know. Yeah. So mouth is gay. Nathan and Haley die. <laughs>
0: stop. Um, stop.
1: Devin and Karen fuck. You're
0: scaring people. You're scaring people away what? with all these fake spoilers. <laughs> what else happens? Oh, uh, gosh. Regardless, I really loved seeing the River Court again, because that was refreshing. Yes. All right. Ready to talk about some of our top favorite moments? Yes, I am. So my, I kind of had some favorite quotes throughout the episode, and I feel like I've mentioned some. But one that I particularly liked was what Deb said to Karen. There are things in my life I would change if I could, and running from opportunity is one of them. Your life is now. I just generally thought that was inspiring. And it's also a little revealing about Deb, because it makes you wonder what she doesn't. What regrets she has, what she would change in her life, but overall, I thought it was a little inspiring speech to yes. to give to. And that was my favorite quote.
1: Too. Are you serious?
0: Yes. Oh my gosh! Except I gotta get you know I gotta be salsay.
1: You missed two sentences in that quote.
0: Yeah, I kind so. of I skipped it over a little. You want to read those? <laughs>
1: So she says, I'll, I'll just read the one you said real quickly. There are things in my life I would change if I could and run from opportunity is one of them. She says, go to Italy. Let me help you go. I don't know. I just yeah. thought that was like really cool. Let me help you go. It's like. She's ugh. stepping
0: up. Yep. I
1: love seeing these women support each other.
0: But it's awesome. Like she doesn't need to do this. And she does, which really reveals a lot about her character. Yes. Awesome. And then, of course, the Nathan and Haley scene. I like too. Where Haley says... At this point, there's nothing you could say or do that's going to surprise me. And then they kiss. Except that. So that was cute. I kind of mentioned that one earlier, though. (laughs) I thought it was adorable.
1: Pause. Except that. (laughs) Wait, so which
0: one's your absolute favorite? The Deb one. Okay,
1: cool. So we have the same. What is your favorite musical moment? What do you
0: think? (laughs) Guess! I don't know! I love Dare You to Move by Switchfoot. (laughs) When Nathan and Haley kissed. I, that I just I love that scene. I I love that song in general. So I used to always listen to Switchfoot in that album specifically. So it's a song that I connect to from
1: growing up. It's iconic. Yep. Um, what about you? First off, that is such a such a romantic scene. Yes, I love it. Like the, the music works so perfectly. It does. However, my favorite song's difference. I will have to go with Untold by Pete Francis, which plays in the coda at the end. That was
0: my honorable mention.
1: Yes. I just love the montage of scenes together. Like, when Zeb is saying, it's just waving goodbye to Karen from the cafe window. It's just so beautiful. It is. I love it. One honorable mention I have to make, though. It's not even an honorable mention. I'm not saying I like this song. I'm just... I just want to point something out. The song is Breaking Away by Boss House. And it's a song that plays when Lucas breaks into Gabe's room and starts beating him up. And let me tell you, you know they drop the F-bomb in that song? They do? Yes. And? It's in the episode? The lyrics are... Te- yeah, in the episode. It's like, the lyrics are like, Tell me not to fuck off and it's in the dvds and it's on hulu and i'm like did this episode air on the wb as it was that's did they catch that did the censors catch that i guess because it it was
0: so low maybe or like
1: yeah i it's not even that low though like if you watch it with subtitles if you watch that scene with subtitles it's very clearly there
0: oh my gosh that's wild yeah
1: what if the episode gets pulled from Hulu because of what I just said? Now.
0: <laughs> well, they haven't picked it like, up oh now. It's oh no, we
1: thought that would we thought that'd be a secret that we could hide forever. <laughs> now we can't. <laughs> so, I just wanted to point so that out. So, what was your honorable Regardless.
0: Me- what was your honorable mention? It, it was that one. You d- but it's not
1: a real honorable mention.
0: You didn't even choose Dare You to Move as an honorable mention? Well,
1: I was actually between Dare You to Move and Untold, but, but to add some diversity to our choices, I'm picking Untold. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have my shocked what are you face on at? right now. What? I'm shocked. Just utterly
1: shocked. I love Zerobit. Like I don't know. Ever. Dare to Move takes up like you know such like a quick like 15 second scene. If you think about it, Untold takes up a good space with yeah. so
0: many different storylines. Well, the going montage on. scenes are always the best, or some of the best. Yes. At least. So yeah.
1: I feel like we're getting to that point now in the series where the, where the montages and the codas are getting, are going to get really, really good. Yeah. So, I just have to go for Untold by Pete Francis.
0: So, I'm going to be honest about my rating. Okay. Obviously, there are some issues with the, as we've already covered with the sexual assault storyline. But, other than that, all of the other things that happen are really good. Like, this is a really good episode. So I would give it four out of five love triangles. What are your thoughts?
1: I was actually thinking um, very similarly in that regard. Um, I, would, I would say like it's such a great like episode as far as the structure is concerned. It's it's a very well told story. I'm gonna give it a three out of five oh, wow. bowls of mac and cheese. <laughs> Just because like I, I feel like there were so many problematic moments that made it like keep dropping lower and lower. So wow, again, okay. like I. I already mentioned my issues with the whole Nathan Haley thing. As, as romantic as I think it is, in the in the context of the show, I think that moment is so romantic. Obviously, the whole thing with Peyton, like, that's just... I feel like that's just terrible in general. But I would say three out of five mac and cheese. Or three out of five helpful med students.
0: <laughs> I chose love triangles because the end insinuates a lot as... Lucas is looking on at two different ladies, so... You really think so, Caitlin. Interesting.
1: That's very interesting. It is very interesting. Always and Forever is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at alwaysothpod. You can also email us at alwaysothpod at gmail.com. That's always O-T-H-P-O-D.
0: You can follow Jeremy Rodriguez on Twitter at Rodriguez Jeremy.
1: You can follow Caitlin Illinich on Twitter at Miss I Reads.
0: Outside of following our socials, the easiest way to support us is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. That helps One Tree Hill fans new and old find us. Now,
1: if you don't want future episodes of One Tree Hill to be spoiled for you, now is the time to turn this podcast off. Otherwise, stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the music ends. We'll We'll be be seeing seeing ya. ya.
0: Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. If you do not want spoilers, please turn this podcast off now. So yeah, I can't believe that Deb and Karen
1: end up fucking.
0: <laughs> stop! Isn't
1: it so with odd, too, that Nathan Haley, like, they said they had their first date and then they die? Like, come on. <laughs> oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> All right, seriously, though,
0: um... Brooke and Mouth meet for the first time. That's wild. They have an interesting friendship. They do, for sure. And they really do develop it as the
1: seasons go on. Yeah. I'm very excited to see this um, friendship develop with my current worldview, because looking back on it, there are a lot of moments where I'm like, oh my god, Mouth, you were such an entitled jackass. Like, to think that girls owe you attention because you're a quote-unquote nice guy. No, no, no. Just... You're just a nice guy. Nobody owes you anything for being a nice guy. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, a lot of that, like, happens with Brooke in season two. Like, he throws a fucking brick at her car window.
0: Yeah, I know you've you've mentioned that before, and I'll be honest, I didn't really notice these things. Like, I haven't rewatched the series for a few years, though. So I'm interested to see as we continue to rewatch the series. Looking back, though, I can see that there were definitely moments where he was entitled. Or he felt, yeah, like... Brooke should date him.
1: Yeah. And there could be some like nuance there that I'm completely missing out
0: on. I don't think so.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I don't I really don't think so either. I'm just I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt because I have like like I said in previous episodes, it's been a long, long time since I've rewatched this. Since I've rewatched One Tree Hill. Um knowing that Mark Schwann based mouth off of him, it's very, very telling now. There are two particular moments with Mouth that really bother me, though. One is in the fourth season finale, when he just, like, takes a, he just takes a drink of beer, and then he grabs Brooke and then kisses her.
0: I don't remember that. Really?
1: You don't remember that? I don't know if I remember that. Yeah, it's at the, um, it's at the end of the year party or whatever. Like, I was talking about Nathan Haley, that there being, like, issues with, like, consent there, and there was, but for this particular scene, he literally, like, runs up to her, grabs her kisses her she's completely taken aback by it huh. all the guys are like cheering like yeah mouth you got it and brooke just like laughs it off like whoa okay and then like mouth like after he's on kissing her he walks away and then he walks by chase and apologizes to chase not to brooke he apologizes the chase oh
0: gosh wow Whew. when you put it like that yes. and you geez
1: i rewatched that scene very recently i'm like this is terrible this is terrible this is really really terrible <laughs> yikes another moment do you remember when him and shelly have sex yeah he basically pressures her really yeah like i said i haven't watched those seasons in a while yeah i re that uh, that scene very recently i'm weird with one tree hill like i'll just re-watch random scenes <gasps> here and there uh, <laughs> huh. i don't watch whole episodes i watch seeds but yeah like he's literally sitting in the bed with her and like you know she doesn't want to have sex because you know she's in the quote-unquote clean teens. And he just keeps saying, like, you want me to feel guilty because I want to sleep with you? Like, he basically just says you shouldn't do that. And then, like, and she starts crying and then she eventually has sex with him. But she has sex with him, like, essentially while she is crying.
0: Oh, wow. I'm, like, rethinking these scenes in my head now.
1: Yeah. And it, it all has to do with, like, how the scene's being portrayed, too. Like, the scene's being portrayed, it's like, Mouth is such a great guy. Well, but... then you
0: feel so bad for Mouth when she leaves and never wants to see him again that's what i remember feeling you know
1: yeah and and that's how the scene's written too it's written to make you feel that way but when you take yourself out of it and you like really think about it it's a problem i love mouth i really do love mouth as a character (laughs) don't get me wrong but there are some things i have to take him to task for a little bit Mm -hmm. like
0: specifically this is really the high school mouth i would say i can't really think of anything problematic off the top of my head from like the later seasons
1: I can't either, honestly. I think it really but, was the high school. But either way, even in high school, like, Mouth is not portrayed as problematic. He's portrayed as, like, this, you know, this awkward geek. Yeah. But I do love Broken Mouth's friendship.
0: Yeah, because they really support each other over the years. hmm And it's nice to see another platonic friendship. Definitely. Even though Mouth wanted it to be more a lot, a lot of the time, but... He got over that.
1: Yeah. He swallowed his pride a little bit and realized, like, you know what? Brooke's a great friend to me. And accept that, yeah. Let me try to be that for Mm -hmm. her, you know? Yep.
0: So, what's this that you have written down here, Jeremy? (laughs) (laughs) The silk top that Haley got from Nathan. Is it the same one in the finale?
1: It's the same color, at the very least. You can't really, like, make it up. I think it's the same one.
0: But, yeah, it is, you know, silky and, like, a similar color. Yep. That's
1: funny. So, the the scene that... (laughs) The scene that we're talking about in particular—it's um, the part where, um, in the season one finale, when Haley takes off her shirt, gets on top of Nathan, you're led to believe that they're having sex. That doesn't happen. Now, what, she, what ends up happening is that he proposes to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could convey the I facial pressure. Wait until we get know? to the
0: finale, which you know it's not too far away oh
1: gosh but yeah so like i don't know like i thought that you know just like looking at the thing that nathan picked off her i thought that was the same exact top
0: that'd be funny if it was but i don't think it is
1: that's really all i had to say about that that's that's (laughs) literally the only bullet point i put (laughs) that's the only bullet point i put in the spoiler
0: segment for (laughs) for this section also mac and cheese food of the gods yes that's definitely yeah a naily thing through the years that's repeated several
1: times yeah, throughout the series. It is. It's the food of the gods. So I'm trying to think. Like I
0: think it was season three when they were in their apartment, maybe two or three.
1: Like it's sort of like the blackout episode. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, And then, and then, like I feel like there's like a time in season eight or something when yeah. like Nathan surprises her with dinner and yeah, lifts up the yeah, platter. So there's exactly mac and cheese. Exactly what I'm
0: remembering too. Yep, it's oh, cute.
1: It's just <laughs> it's so so cute. Oh, oh well... I don't know about you, Caitlin, but I haven't eaten dinner yet and I'm hungry. So I'm going to go make myself some mac and cheese. So let's wrap this up real quickly, huh?
0: (laughs) All right, Jeremy. So
1: next time we will be discussing season one, episode nine with arms outstretched.
0: The episode description from our One Tree Hill DVD box sets reads. A tattoo and a hangover. That's what Lucas comes home with after his first date with Brooke. Nathan has it worse. Pressured to break Dan's scoring record, he takes amphetamines to boost his performance.
1: We'll We'll be be seeing seeing ya. ya.